Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Numbers 21, 16 through 19. From there they went to beer. And, and I just, I feel compelled to stop right there and clear something up. This, this is not Budweiser. This is not the Corona. Speaking of the coronavirus, this is, this is not that kind of beer. It's pronounced Be'ar, something like that. And it's a water well. It has something to do with a well. As the text goes on to say, from there they went to beer, which is the well where the Lord said to Moses, gather the people together and I will give them water. Then after they had gathered together, Israel sang this song. They sang this song together. Spring up, O well. All of you sing to it. Sing to this well. The well the leaders sank, dug by the nation's nobles, by the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness they went to this other place. But notice, all of you sing. Sing to it. Sing this song to this well, this inanimate object, this thing, sing to it, spring up, oh well. And I'd like to preach a message today entitled, The Power of a Song. It's, I've never preached along these lines before, The Power of a Song. Let's say a prayer right now. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness, for an old rugged cross and an empty tomb and a risen Savior. And I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. God bless you. You may be seated. To sing means to make musical sounds with the voice. There's a pattern to them. It's organized. It, it means to utter words in, in tones, musical tones with inflections, modulations. It implies timbre, T-I-M-B-R-E, pitch, arrangement, rhythm. The Hebrew suggests tremolo, intensity. Johann Wolfgang van Goethe said, music is well said to be the speech of the angels. And, and I quote that because when God created the universe, Job 38, 7 tells us that the angels sang. Think about that. The angels with their voices sang. They made music. And, and it's said to have been an expression of joy. In Ezekiel 28, we're told that Lucifer, who was part of that angelic host that sang, this is before he fell, that, that group of angels, Lucifer led them. He was a very musical creature. He was a very artistic and gifted. It speaks of his, his, the, the, the instrumentation that seemed to have been inherent in him in Ezekiel 28. He, he was a, a, a worship leader, you could say an archangel who was a worship leader in heaven. And, and, and he hates it when we sing because he used to sing to the Lord. As a matter of fact, he's perverted music, and, and there's a lot of perversions of music. You can flip your dial on the radio. You can go to XM. You can find some perversions of music on the radio. But the idea is this. Music was something that was created by God, and we see it first in the angels. Singing at creation. Talk about a, a gospel concert. Talk about a sing-spiration, we used to say. 
We had some folks just get back from a gospel music cruise, Cynthia, Julie, Brenda. And you talking about some kind of concert, angels singing. But, but that's not it. It's not just angels. It's in all of creation. Listen to what John Pacalabo says. Music is woven into the very fabric of the universe. Every creature, everything that lives, breathes, and moves has a sound, a song. From the birds of the air to the beasts of the field, all of creation sings to its creator. The universe itself sings. Every sun, every star, every planet, every moon, every quasar, every black hole produces radio waves and sounds and songs, if you will. There are some 200 million stars in our galaxy. Many of them are solar systems with orbiting planets and moons. And there are hundreds of millions and billions of galaxies in the universe. If every celestial body had its own song, then God has indeed created a celestial and interstellar symphony. Every moment of every day, the universe is singing and proclaiming the glory of God. I love the way Joel Houston put it. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart in everything you've made. Every burning star, a signal fire of grace. If creation sings your praises, so will I. I love that. That's profound. I'm talking about the power of a song today. I did a, a word study. I studied out the topic, the idea of singing and songs. And I was amazed at what I came up with. I hope I can get it across to you today. By the time we get to our reading in Numbers 21, the spring up, O well, gather together and sing to this well. The children of Israel had come out of, out of Egypt. It was miraculous, y'all. God had shown His wonders. They had followed the cloud and the fire to the Red Sea and the fire had become a firewall that protected them from Pharaoh and those pursuing armies. And Moses then held his staff over the Red Sea and an east wind blew all night and parted the Red Sea. And Moses and the children of Israel, they crossed over on dry land. And, and, and Pharaoh, when the firewall lifted, was foolish enough to, to go into the Red Sea after them, chasing them. And, and the children of Israel got out. Pharaoh and all his army got in. And that's when the walls of the water came crashing down. And, and destroyed those taskmasters, those slave masters of Israel. And, and when Israel was on the other side, and they started seeing the horses and, and the chariots and the riders wash up on the beach, Moses got inspired and began to lead Israel in a song. He became a song leader. He became a lead worshiper. It's the first song ever recorded in the Bible. Now, we know that the, the, the angels sang, but we don't have their song. But we have the first song recorded in the Bible here in Exodus 15. It went like this. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He's my song. <coughs> He's become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise Him. My Father's God, and I will exalt Him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is His name. And it went on and on and on. And then Moses' sister, Miriam, she gets inspired, and she picks up one of these, the most dreaded instrument in Pentecost right here, feared and dreaded. Who's going to whip out that tambourine, right? Miriam pulls out a tambourine, 
And as her brother and the congregation is singing, she joins in. And she starts adding accompaniment to it, rhythm to it. They're singing and they're playing. It's, it's like the carpenters, right? Karen's playing the drums and her brother's with her playing as well. And they're singing together. They were leading uh, this mighty praise song of the Lord's deliverance. It's the first song ever recorded in the Bible. And it's revised and revisited in Revelation 15. It's the last song recorded in the Bible. It's pretty cool. It's called a song of deliverance. It's the song of the redeemed. And the, the people who made it to the other side are singing, Worthy is the Lamb. The Lord is mighty. What an awesome God we serve. It's because of what He has done and not anything we've done ourselves. They're singing the song of the redeemed. And listen, there's accompaniment as well. It's not necessarily tambourines in heaven because it really wouldn't be heaven with tambourines. In my humble opinion, although I'm not really against tambourines, just in moderation. The idea, though, is this. In heaven, the instrument of choice the instrument is harps, which as we all know in the Greek is electric guitars. There's Gibson Les Pauls. There's Fender Stratocasters and Telecasters. There's even a few Rickenbackers up in there. They've got Marshall stacks and boutique amps and they got pedal boards, Joel. They're hitting the pedal boards. Give me some distortion. Give me some, some uh, delay. I, I need some space echo, Logan. I need some space echo. They just have these, this, this instrumentation that is with the singing. And in the, in the first rendition, you've got singing. In the reprise, you have, you have singing. It's not just people reciting poetry. The Lord is mighty in battle. It's people singing. There's power in singing. There's power in a song. It's, it's got inflection, modulation. Tone, timber, pitch. At the Red Sea, check this out. At the Red Sea in Exodus 16, the manna, the manna started. This, this, it's called what is it? It, just, it was this food that would drop in on them every day. And they had to trust the Lord every day for that food to drop. And in Exodus 17, Moses was told to strike this particular rock with his staff and water came flowing out of that rock. Enough water to satisfy the thirst of some two million Jews. We'll talk more about that rock in a moment. And then in Exodus 19, the children of Israel went to Mount Sinai. And, and while Moses was up on the mountain getting the tablets of the, the law, the children of Israel grew impatient down at base camp one and down at the foot of the mountain, they, they got impatient. He's been up there a long time. They see thunder and lightning and fire, and they're like, he's died. You know, he's, he's done, left us, and what are we going to do? We need a God. Oh, we've been abandoned out here. And so they turn to the gods of Israel. They make a golden calf. You know, the story is a tremendous failure. As a result, the children of Israel are judged. 3,000 of the children of Israel, 3,000 men lose their lives as a result of this tragic mistake at Mount Sinai. Well, then they move on from there, come to Kadesh Barnea. The spies are sent in to, to check out the promised land like I talked about in, in Lily's dedication. Ten spies bring back an evil report, and, and, and the people sided with them, and Israel failed again, and they were doomed from that point on to die in the wilderness. 
So, so we've, we've had like tremendous victory out of Egypt, through the Red Sea. The Lord makes a way. They come to Sinai. 3,000 of them die because they built a, a stupid golden calf. And, and, and then they come to Kadesh Barnea and make a stupid decision. And, and, and they all of them, 20 and above, are doomed to die in the wilderness. Talk about a failure. And then they're griping and complaining on top of that about being doomed to die in the wilderness. We're going to die in the wilderness. We're going we're gonna to die out here in the wilderness. And snakes slither in to the camp and start killing them by the thousands. The, the Lord, Moses goes to the Lord, intercedes. He said, make a, a brass snake, hold it up in the camp. Whoever's bitten, if they'll look, they'll live. He shows them grace in the middle of all of that. And Jesus mentioned this, talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3. It, it's, it's not lifting up the Lord in praise. He, Jesus said, he said, as the serpent was lifted up in the wilderness, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Because where else can you go and be saved from the sting of death and from the sting of sin? You have to turn to Jesus. And so these snakes came in and, and wiped them out by the thousands. Again, another epic fail on the part of Israel. And then they run out of water again. It's at this point they run out of water again. They're in a wilderness. They're in a desert. They need water. Are you with me? They need water. And, and so instead of, you know, hit a rock with a stick or speak to a rock, uh, they're told to sing to the sand or to the rock. We're not sure. It's, it's very unclear in the Hebrew. Now, the Bible tells us that that rock followed them. This, this rock that the water would come out of followed them. The rabbis say it was, it was round. It was a round stone, which makes it, of course, the first rolling stone, right? It would follow them. It, it would follow. And I, I, that just kind of, I, I try to put my mind in that, and it, it kind of weirds me out because I, I see the rock following them. Like, if you're looking at it, it doesn't move. But the minute you look away, it's like, and you look, and you're like, oh, it's closer. What? And you look away, and, you know, it's just, the rock's moving. What? So, so I don't know if it was the sand. I don't know if it was the rock. Paul said the rock is a representation of Christ. The rock that followed them was Christ. I'm talking about the power of a song. The, the, the leaders were instructed to, to strike or, or strike the ground or the rock at the command of the lawgiver. Probably Moses is what our reading is talking about. But when it came to getting water out of this rock or the sand, in, in Exodus 21, when it came to getting the water this time, they had to sing for it. They had to, they had to perform. I mean, it would have been so much easier to just hit it with a stick or to say, uh, come forth water. But the Lord said, no, I want you to all get around and I want you to sing to this inanimate object, to the rock or to the sand. Because the only way it's going to flow, there is a flow that you need, and the only way that you're going to tap into that flow is you are going to have to sing. And here are the lyrics, Spring Up a Well. Now, I, I, it's not complicated. It's a simple song. But I don't want you to recite it. I want you to sing it. You have to sing Spring Up a Well. You can't just say, Spring Up a Well. You have to say, Spring Up a Well. Meaning you're going to have to dive in a little deeper. You're going to have to try a little harder. 
You, you're going to have to sing from, from the inside. We have singers that we always try to train when you get on the team. Like, you can't sing from your head. You don't just like, man, uh, spring up, oh well. You have to sing from the inside. Spring up, oh well. I mean, you've got to sing from the diaphragm. And the idea is you've got to reach deep and you've got to sing. You've got to sing. And, and, and some of the scholars interpret the, the hitting of the sticks to be an accompaniment, like clapping of hands or some kind of, some kind of uh, uh, percussive instrument. Here's the point. They're in a wilderness. They're in a wasteland. They need a life-giving flow. And the Lord says, you've got to sing about it. I'm talking about the power of a song. He was saying, you failed at the foot of the mountain. You failed at Kadesh Barnea. You've suffered the consequences of your mistakes. Those snakes came in among you. And, and, but I'm telling you, Israel, if you don't sing, you're, you're not going to live. You're not going to live long enough. You've got to understand. The Lord said, you'll die in the wilderness, but your children are going to inherit the promises. We could look at that really this way. I'm not done with you. You made mistakes. You failed over here, but you're going to have children, and you're going to teach those children, and those children are going to go places that you could have never gone before. But to survive, you got to start singing in spite of your failures. I, I wish somebody would hear what I'm saying. Somebody in this room, you've got some failures. You've got some mistakes. You've suffered the consequences of that. And the devil wants to steal your song and shut you up and shut you down. But you've got to understand, spring up, oh well. You've got to sing to get that flow going. You've got to sing to get the flow going. Somebody give him praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've never, I've never, I've never preached this before. You, he, he was saying, I've still got plans for you. You've got to fight Og of Bashan, this giant. You've got to fight the king of Sion. Your shoes are never going to wear out. You're never going to have to change your clothes. I, I'm going to take sickness away from the midst of you. For I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God that heals you. You've got to get past your depression. You've got to get over the loss. And you've got to start singing to the well. Spring up, O oh well. You gotta sing for it. Sing. You gotta sing. It's talking about the soul. Opening up your soul. When I say the name James Brown, when I say Al Green, the Lord will make a way somehow. When I say Aretha, I don't even have to say Franklin. And I say Marvin Gaye, Teddy Pendergrass, that's some soul music. That's some soul music. My son, wow, Alexander, he is well-versed in the classics. And uh, it blows my mind, his, the, the depth of his knowledge, especially in the soul music department. But I'm going to tell you something else. Let me tell you some other folks who had some soul. Hank Williams had soul. Lester Flats had soul. There's others. Valerie's up here giving me signals. And I... Garth Brooks had soul. I heard Bono say one time, I can't sing, but I got soul. I can relate. What I'm saying is music is the language of the soul. 
And when the Lord was saying to Israel in, in Numbers 21, I want you to sing to this well, he was saying, this is not something that's just going to come from the top of your head. It's going to have to come from the bottom of your heart. That's why David said, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. In Psalm 84, he said, my heart and my flesh cries out to you, the living God. It was coming from a deep place. You've got to sing from the inside out. You've got to bless the Lord from the inside out. Even when all you see is sand and dirt and a past filled with failure and destruction. I will bless the Lord at all times, David said. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm going to tell you something. The devil wants to steal your song. If the devil can sing, steal your song, he's going to steal your victory. And you're like, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm not a singer. I'm going to talk about that. You don't have to be a, a great singer to do what I'm talking about. We got people in this audience today that can outsing as far as volume and intensity goes. Anybody in the room, they just can't really carry a tune. But that's okay. Because I know what's happening. They're opening up their soul. And saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. I want to praise you, Lord, from the inside out. I don't have to have the talent to do this. I just want to bless you because I want to give you the praise that you deserve. There's something about that. If the devil can steal your song, he's got you. Listen to Psalm 137, 1 through 5. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. We wept when we remembered Zion. These are the captives in Babylon. We hung our harps on the willows. We, we took our guitars and we put them on the guitar stands. No use in playing this. Put it down. We just hung them on the, on the, the willows. It's poetic language. It's the weeping willows. We just hung them there. For, for there those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. The Babylonians were saying, hey, why don't you sing? Sing one of your songs. And they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? They lost their song. But do you know God was not done with them in Babylon? Yes, they had suffered the consequences of some bad decisions and bad leadership, but he wasn't done with them. Listen to Jeremiah 29, 411, speaking of the same people. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who were carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. He said, I want you to build houses. I want you to take wives. I want you to build families. There's some things that I'm going to do for you while you're in this Babylonian captivity. And after 70 years are completed, I'm going to visit you and perform my good word toward you and cause you to return to this place. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. He was saying you don't need to lose your song even though you're in a strange land, in a strange place, suffering with these things. In the New Testament... Paul makes this statement. He said, I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding. Sing. He said, I will sing. Everybody say sing. He will sing. He said, I will sing. Now, now, now we see praying in the spirit, praying with the understanding, speaking in tongues, speaking in your known language. Here he says, I will sing that way. Wow. It seems to be another level of flow. Ephesians 5, he said, he said, don't be drunk with wine, 
but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Colossians 3, he says, let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So did, did Paul do this only in the good times? In other words, when everything was going rosy, is that when he's saying, listen to 2 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 29. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, I was stoned. Uh, three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep, journeyings off, often, perils of water, perils of robbers. He goes on with all these disturbing events that took place in his life. And he would sing in the spirit and he would sing with the understanding. And he, would, he would sing spiritual songs and hymns and make melody in his heart. I mean, he's not telling them to do it if it's something he didn't do himself. Amen. In the good times, in the bad times, he would sing this song, these songs. And here's the deal. We know he did it because in Acts 16, let me go ahead and cut to the chase and tell you. He and Silas are locked up in a Philippian jail. It's a bad time. They've been beaten. I mean, 40 stripes, 39 stripes, bloody in severe pain. And they're locked up in stocks. They can't move. And at midnight, worst possible time, in this inner dungeon, worst possible place, while in physical pain, and they suffered humiliation at the hands of these religious Jews. Here they are in the worst place, worst time, worst shape. And at midnight, the Bible says, they were praying and what? And singing. And you don't think you can sing in your storm? You don't think you can sing in this difficult season, this season of loss? I don't want to downplay the pain that you may be struggling with and facing. But I'm going to tell you, if you can get your song back, there is a flow that will come that will bring a healing like no other. And the devil wants you to get stuck like, I'm just messed up. I can't ever sing again. I'm just going to hang my guitar up. No, you need to pick that bad boy up. You need to open up your soul and begin to belt out some songs. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. You've got to sing it. You've got to open your heart and begin to sing songs when all you see is sand and rock. Stand with me right now. you got to sing. You just got to sing. I believe there's some people in this room today, you've been facing those difficult times. Life has a way of happening. Difficult seasons come on us. Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes other people do things to us. Sometimes it's just life. It just has a way of happening. And the devil doesn't want you to sing the songs of Zion. He wants you to get clammed up. I just can't do it right now. But the Lord has sent me with an assignment to tell you, you need to sing. The longest book in your Bible is a song book. A book of psalms. Songs. The word is songs. It, it's a song. It's a hymnal. The longest book is the inspired, infallible word of God. And it's Filled with singing and songs. And when you experience those losses, you can't shut down. You got to sing. Through tears, with lack, you got to sing. 
I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to sing the songs of Zion while in a foreign land, while in a strange place. While I'm out of my, I'm off my routine, I'm out of my groove, I've been broken, been messed up, I'm going to sing the songs of Zion. I'm going to sing to the Lord. I could sing of your love forever, God. I'm just going to bless your name. What an awesome God. Thank you for a rugged cross and an empty tomb. If you never do anything else for me again, it's enough. I will bless you at all times. My heart and flesh cry out to you, the living God. Better is one day in your course than a thousand elsewhere. I just bless the Lord right now. I just want to love you, Lord Jesus. I don't feel like it. I got issues, but but you're good. You've never failed me. You've never let me down. I just want to sing your praises, even if it's in a difficult time. Would you close your eyes with me right now? Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for this challenge that you put in my heart to get us to sing, to get us to sing, to crack us open, Lord, to where our soul cries out and we begin to sing, begin to not just recite words, but we make a melody. You are good, Lord. Your mercy is everlasting. You're so good to me. See, there's a difference. Look at me. There's a difference between the Lord is good and His mercy is everlasting. And then the other side. The Lord is good and His mercy is Everlasting, such a good God, such a kind God, just making melody, just singing from your soul. Come on now, there's some chains that are going to break off in this place today. There's some chains that are going to break off in this place. There's a well that's going to spring forth in this place today. I'm convinced of that in Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.